This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovan. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland. And we do this every day for you from for two hours here on 93.7 The Ticket's Airwaves. Uh, you can also uh, check us out on the Sardar Heyman uh, Jewelers video stream on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch. Uh, we've got uh, plenty of different ways for you to lo- listen, get engaged. We'd like you to get engaged actually for this first topic. I want to know you guys, uh, as the as the spring game approaches here, the last practice today for Husker football before the spring game. Uh, what are your favorite memories from the spring game? And and maybe it can be something, uh, you know, that uh, you were in the stands for or something. Maybe even watched the spring game on TV. Um, it can be more personal. It can be, uh, you know, something that we all kind of know. Uh, just let us know. 402-464-5685. Your favorite spring game memories is what we're opening up here. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, I did want to ask you this, Strick. Uh, are you a big golf guy? I, I, I've just talked to the Nate there um he's very excited for tiger woods to get back there on the masters are you going to watch I, I told him i'm just not I, I i'm not a big golf um fan I, I won't watch too much of it even if tiger's playing to be honest but i understand that that different people uh, you know different strokes for different folks uh do you, are you a big golf guy do you, can you watch it on tv i can watch it um i don't i don't think i can watch it each each day i, I kind of take peeks at it earlier in the rounds you know, obviously you're talking about four to five hours of well probably more if you're watching it because you know guys will tee off from the morning and then go to the you know early midday afternoon and then they're going to play 18 uh, 18 holes so they can get pretty long whereas I love golf I mean me and my dad actually are going to be getting together this weekend we're going to play around on Saturday and uh, so I, I enjoy golf I enjoy watching it I, I think I watch a little bit more you get into the third and fourth fourth rounds a little bit when you start to see things kind of coming together as to who's going to be fighting and you know you can kind of see uh who's losing it or who's who's coming on or uh, somebody can get hot and get two three birdies in a row and kind of change the landscape of the um you know where you are in your standings so i think that's kind of where it becomes interesting to me i kind of watch i'm i'm one of those golfers also bach that is um I'm a, I'm a golfer by, I can watch. So like, I didn't really early on when I learned the golf game, my father took me out there and I would just watch him watch golf and and I would watch what the players were doing. And I just was a duplicate guy. So I, that's kind of how I learned a lot of the different sports that I've been able to play is I just duplicated. I watch yeah. what they're doing. I watch their techniques. I watch, you know, their swing mechanics. Um, and I just kind of could go out there and duplicate it. And I think I finally took lessons maybe probably mid mid to late in my career playing in the NBA. I took some lessons and really not to be able to, 
to to play. I, I took them just to kind of work on technical things, you know, just short game and and just different areas of swing mechanics and grip uh, grip strengths based on my swing. And so that's kind of how it is for me. I actually like to play. I get out yeah. there, have a cigar, and get out and play around and have some fun. Are you are you? Do you consider yourself pretty good, or are you do eighteen holes? Are you a nine hole guy? Yeah, eighteen holes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm an eighteen hole guy. Um, you know. When I was in Dallas, we played with a group of guys. We called it the BGA, and and uh, we would get out and get with some guys. We'd play skin games, put some money in the pot, and you get a birdies or two, you may be able to win the hole and win a little bit of money. So it was pretty fun. I mean, we get out there, think like, you know, it'd be like me, Nick Van Exel, Michael Finley, uh, some NFL guys would come out uh, and play. Um, um, one of the guys we had on the show, Eric Warfield, who played with right. Kansas City, he'd get out there with the group and so it's sometimes we'd have some big groups or sometimes we would have challenges uh we'll get with uh penny hardaway's group out of memphis and we'll play them in a, a match play type of deal and and see how that goes and then sometimes we'll get with a group out of houston and play with them and and kind of travel and go around and, and play different <laughs> different games <laughs> and competition so it was pretty cool it was pretty fun uh hadn't really had that out here uh yet but I, I still they got great good courses out here and yeah i live not too far from bay hill so uh bay hill is uh is a course that they play on the tour as well and so uh, actually tiger actually lives on that well he has a house let me just say yeah probably has a few houses it's actually a pretty 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 big house we when we get on the boat and ride on the lake sometimes we'll we'll, we'll ride by his house and Shaq just sold it, sold his house out here. So oh, it was, did he? It finally <laughs> got it sold it took forever yeah and it's pretty tough when you got um you know, everything is Superman and you got, yeah. <laughs> you got, you know, it's pretty tailored to you. So it's pretty tough to sell unless somebody is an <laughs> it's probably extra, extra man, tall right? doorways and stuff like that. Probably going yeah, on for him. Uh, you wonder though, I wonder if the, if the value goes up considering it was Shaq's house, but I, I guess not. Uh, actually he sold it for less, way mm. less than what he was offering for it. So yeah. yeah. I thought maybe there would be things. some, yeah, maybe some, uh, yeah, even, a big Shaq even, fan. Even MJ. Even MJ, when he sold his house in Chicago, it took a while. Hmm. It took quite a while for him to sell. I mean, because, you know, on the gate, you got 23, and then inside yeah. on the gym, you've got all Jordan stuff. And you got to just be, a you, you know, a, to love it, or because otherwise you're going to have to demolish everything. Yeah. Make it your own. So yeah. you got to really either be a big fan or you just, you know, normally most people take it out of loss. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't just buy houses wherever I played because, you know, you could be traded. You could, and I've watched teammates actually buy these nice homes, these, you know, pretty immaculate homes. And then all of a sudden they get traded or they're no longer playing with the team signed somewhere else. And the house stays on the market for quite a while. And you end up losing money, uh, you know, maybe not losing but you don't sell yeah. it for probably what you think the market value would be at. Yeah, it's it's fascinating and kind of interesting and uh, probably something that people have wondered about before, you know, from a lot of guys, you know, jumping around from city to city, kind of what they do. Yeah. Um, but uh, apartments then, are that the more the way to go? No, nah, what I would do is I would buy either a townhome or I would mm. buy a con like a nice condo, like really close to the arena. So. Um, it would be very enticing for a player that maybe was coming in. Oh yeah, like the one I had in my in Milwaukee was like blocks blocks from uh, the arena at the time, and and uh, you could literally just drive down the hill and be at the arena in five six minutes. Um, so I think uh, I want to say Ruben Patterson ended up buying it from me when he came and played with Milwaukee. Uh, same thing happened in Indiana 
uh, where I had somebody kind of come in because it was pretty close to the downtown area. So yeah, that's 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 the way I did it. So I could either move it or rent it out to them. Oh yeah, uh, a, new, a new a new player that was coming. So I I took that stance once I got traded from uh, Dallas. I did have a house in Dallas, but I ended up selling that one too. Yeah, it's kind of cool, kind of cool to see behind the scenes of, of kind of the transactions in the NBA. There, um, do you have any uh, favorite spring game memories that uh, you can recall? Have you been to too many spring games? Uh, I've been to a few. Um, obviously, while playing, you mm-hmm. weren't able to go to, to many of them because we're still in season. So that that was a lot of it. And then uh, I went to a couple when I was living in town. Um, but mostly it, it's I'm always it just seemed like I was always doing something. Even like right now, this weekend, my dad's coming in town. We were supposed to go and play in a couple of ch- we're playing in a charity event this weekend. And uh, so it, it just worked out. I happened to be in town the week before. And yeah. so <laughs> schedule stuff ends up kind of throwing it. It's good, though, to get back to them sometimes because you get to catch up with old friends and old people you went to school with. And, and, and normally a great group of um, former players will come back in town. So it's a good time for everybody to kind of catch up and see how things are going with families and in life and, and just re- reconnect. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool time to be there. Yeah. And, and again, we're asking for you guys' favorite memories here. Uh, 402-464-5685 uh, to let us know there on the Sardar Hammond text line, or you can call in Honda Lincoln hotline, same number there. Uh, your favorite uh, spring game memories. Uh, Jory says off the text line, Jack Hoffman. I mean, that's gotta be well, one of, you know, one of yeah, the favorites for everybody. Uh, nearly yeah. a 69 yard touchdown run for Jack Hoffman. What a special moment that was i was was telling uh rico i think earlier um for what i usually do the spring game is like go you know it's fun you know kind of take my football fever and 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 and, you know get get that uh, taken care of and and go check out memorial stadium and you know just kind of go through the motions there and then usually i'll leave uh, mid third quarter or something, you know, by then you just have all the fourth stringers in and, uh, I don't know, usually whoever I'm with at that time is less interested than I am. So it's like, all right, let's just go eat or, you know, go find something to do. Um, I left right before the Jack Hoffman play. <laughs> so I missed a part of history there, uh, a little bit frustrating. So, uh, maybe I'll stay a little bit later in, in, in uh, the, these coming years. See what happens. See. Yeah. Yeah. You never yeah, know what's going to happen. Think- I think the one for me was 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 twofold. It was the welcome back for Bo Pelini. I think was was pretty oh, good, yeah. and it, I think it ended up almost having like eighty thousand fans on, on in attendance for that one. And and in that one was was kind of wild because Marlon Lucky was a phenomenal running back at the time, and and everybody thought it was going to be you know his time. And and then a, something emerged, just something happened, and by the end of the spring, you found out that Roy Hallou Jr. was something special. And then you had you had a silent assassin just kind of sitting there and no one really knew the impact that this man was going to have on Nebraska football at that time. And his name is Indomitian Sue and he didn't play in the game and no one really knew. And then all of a sudden he emerges and, you know, becomes an, an outland candidate. So, it's, <laughs> you know, he won so many awards and the things that he did and the way he dominated in the championship game and. And, uh, you know, they I think they came up a little short in that one. But, you know, you can see he was a dominant player and he was going to be a phenomenal pro. And he ended up doing that. Had a great long career still there. Hanging on. Yeah. Hopefully there's some uh, there's some young young and Dominican Sue types out there. We don't know about some Roy Halus, even if it's not if it doesn't have to be maybe the greatest defensive lineman over the past 25 years. Maybe it can be just, you know, a great Roy Halus, some future NFL players that can help get Nebraska over the hump there. Again, off the text line, uh, Drumstick says, uh, Bo carrying out a cat, uh, a cat out of the tunnel was uh, was unexpected. 
Um, uh, so you have a few of those votes there. I thought that was a great one. Of course, that was, um, you know, after, you know, the faux Polini joke from the Internet um, and just unexpected from Bo, who usually isn't much of a comical guy. And then I, I think in that same one, he had like. Some... Was it was it one of those Siamese ones, the the ones that are naked with no fur? <laughs> no, that would that would make more sense for Bo. That's more the, the like the evil cat. Uh, Dr. Evil's got there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of cool. And then he did like these. I, f- I feel like he did, I, and I can't remember exactly. Maybe someone can remind me. Him and Kenny Bell had, like, these competitions uh, that they were doing, like, between quarter breaks. I thought that was good. I think they should bring that back for spring break or, or the spring uh, football game, especially, like, can you imagine, like, a, a great quarterback competition or, you know, just some type of a 40-yard dash even between your fastest players or something like that? I think that could kind of keep the entertainment up for what we know is a game that's uh, – um, has restrictions to it. We'll just say that. Um, so I think that one's uh, very interesting. Another one, you know, just kind of looking back at him, um, is I, I think the 2005 game now would 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 it be um with with Joe Daly, your 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 quarterback, the previous year coming in, um, and then you know that that year by the end of it, he was like running with the threes or the fours in the spring game, um, and basically just everybody had surpassed him on the quarterback list because, remember, he was the option quarterback that Nebraska had uh, recruited under Frank Solage, uh, and then Bill Callahan just used him, you know, just used the roster he had for that West Coast offense right away. Um, and, and Zach Taylor, was, of course, was there and ended up being the starter. But um, I just can't imagine. It's almost hard to even imagine that in the spring game. A lot of times you're without too many storylines. But to think your previous starter the year before is now not even starting the game, you know, running with the third or fourth team, uh, that would be pretty wild. And, and I remember it was it was quite crazy. And not soon after, Joe Daly decided to transfer. Broke out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, where, where did he go? Sense. North Carolina or something? Yeah, like that? was it North Carolina? Yeah, and didn't you know he, he's done all right there now? Or not didn't do too great there, but now he's a, a, a successful coach in college football. So uh, good for him. But um, you know, and, and then the other one that I that I'll never forget and uh, is the 2012 game where it was rained out. Um, there was a lot of weather Ooh. going on, and it was just like, are, is this gonna? It was it was you know everybody it, was running for the hills <laughs> trying to yeah. get coverage. Just as time's gone on, obviously the shock of major events maybe um, would may, maybe free Valentinos though. Yeah, it might belittle the experience, food. I guess, to a degree. But for me, it was like, what are we gonna do without a spring game in Nebraska? You can't just cancel it. You maybe postpone it or do something different. And of course, they never did. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, we did. I did walk out of there with a, a couple of Valentinos pizza. pizza slices and <laughs> and uh, runs us as well because we waited. I believe you know there was the rain delay, and then you, you're just waiting there probably for you know i can't remember like half an hour and maybe even longer um and then you know they just announced hey at least free food here because what else are we going to do with it so uh that was kind of interesting um and and, and there's a lot of uh, you know just fun games that go along with it there's always moments i remember the jamal turner uh front flip into the end zone uh will always be one of mine because you know we expected so much out of him and and just to kind of break out in that mold uh at that time was like man is he because people would compare him to deshaun jackson he had the number 10 he was a kind of a flashy wide receiver um obviously it didn't didn't work out that way for him but uh was uh was kind of a fun moment of maybe hey maybe this can happen next um Drumstick mentions, uh, do you guys remember the spring game when Amir, Kenny Bell, and Tony Velan tried to hit the goalpost throwing it? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking of. I was trying to remember what I, – I can't remember. I feel like Bo was even involved in one of those competitions uh, with Kenny Bell. But I think they need to do that sort of thing uh, just to kind of get it more interesting, especially this year. 
Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting more than anything to see if they line up with tight ends or how many defensive linemen right. are on each. You know what kind of different jerseys they're wearing. Uh, Ty Robinson spoke today and, and was you know saying they had like seven guys. He feels like he's 35 years old after the spring uh, run through because he's just you know they've had to take so many reps. Uh, and I just I, I don't know how they're going to do it. They've talked about offense versus defense. They've they've done that in the past under previous staffs. Uh, I think that that could be kind of cool and interesting. Um, Patrick O'Brien at one time had a, a you know an interception at the end of a game um, that swayed the offense versus defense score the previous time they did that. So um, that was kind of cool uh, and a reason to stick around to the end. But um, if they do do if they do choose to do offense versus defense, um, would you like to see a balance there? or Would you like to feel confident? At, on one side or the other, Strick? No, I think you, you'd want to see a balance of stops. You'd want to see a balance of breakthroughs. And if you do see breakthroughs, you'd, you'd like to see broken tackles maybe. You'd like to see um, maybe somebody catching a slant or something and just making a play and, and breaking out. Uh, I think you'd like to see it happen that way. I don't think you want to see a whole bunch of gashing whether it be on the pass. You don't want to see a whole bunch of broken coverages. You don't want to see you, – you want to see just – some consistency you would like to see some movement you would also like to see some stops you would like to see a good balance probably on both sides of the ball and so and what something to watch out for too as i know the quarterbacks will probably have the green jerseys on they usually do every year throughout camp you don't have any injuries there um i wonder if you know i always thought if if you're going for a sack i mean how 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 big of a i mean you might get a little bit of credit for it like getting there right um, but it's not going to really help you out that much. If it, Instead of going for the sack, I'd always just go for the ball. Try to swipe at the ball and try not to touch the quarterback just to, well, you know. The hurries matter. I mean, I think yeah. that, that's something that's missed out there, Bach, is that uh, hurries, hurries mean something. You know, you, you, you mess up the timing of a quarterback and create hurried situations. Um, but then you also want to see, yes, them get there. Um, yeah, they're going to have to pull up some probably, but definitely get there because – there's going to be that tension in, in a quarterback and the, and the quarterback's got to either release the ball, find somebody, check down, do something in which they need to be able to, to make a play in a hurried situation. So you don't mind hurries. You, you definitely would love to see some tip balls and hands on balls because it shows that the awareness from the defensive line or maybe from the, 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 the blitzing corner or whatever the case may be. Um, definitely want to see some some uh, assignment ball and in, in, in operating with with in your lanes and getting stuff done. So yeah, those are the things you want to see. No doubt. Yeah, and we, we might have a little bit more from the the presser today. The, a couple guys uh, spoke in front of the the media, including uh, Mickey Joseph, the the wide receiver coach for uh, Nebraska, also Travis Fisher, the secondary coach. So we might bring that up again later in the show, or maybe in the next uh, stop when we talk to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. We'll catch up with Evan next here on the block. <laughs> 